0: Module 5, Networking like a Pro. Spending time with well-known colleagues is a relaxing way to spend your downtime during a business event. But if you're not expanding your career network, then you're missing out on key opportunities. This is one of the reasons you're here at this event in the first place, right? If you're ready to see some fresh faces at your work meetings, then it's time to work on your networking skills. The word networking fills a lot of people with dread. But don't worry, if that's you, you're not alone. But it's worth it to practice these skills. Step out of your comfort zone, challenge yourself. Because they will unlock new worlds of opportunities and ideas. Not to mention that these skills will come in handy in your private life too. You'll be ready to meet people from all over the world and get fresh perspectives and new growth opportunities. This is how you will meet the future business partners who can help you level up your own career. Remember. Networking isn't about just collecting business cards. It's about creating relationships. In this module, we'll talk through some tips on becoming a more natural networker, from first introductions to ending conversations. But first, to bring your best self to your networking session and make sure you get the most out of it, there's a little mental legwork and light research I recommend you to do in advance. More on that in the next chapter. 5.1. How to prep like a pro. You probably understand the rewards of networking. We went through a few in the last chapter, but that doesn't make it easy, especially for introverts. But there are a couple tricks you can use to get better at it, starting before the networking even begins. First, when you have a networking event coming up as part of a conference or where and whenever else, the first thing you should do is set networking goals. For example, if you have a business event coming up, Set a goal to connect with at least one new person each day of the event. Not just a handshake, but really connect, have a conversation, and possibly even keep in touch. It could be another attendee, a speaker, or an exhibitor. You'll be surprised where your most unexpected meetings can lead. You can give yourself a head start though, especially if it's your first time at an event, and you're not sure you'll know anyone there. Before you go, post on LinkedIn that you're attending. And ask if anyone else from your network is going. You can often even post on the page of the event or organizer itself. Just mention it's your first time and ask if anyone wants to walk to the venue with you, or meet at the registration desk for a coffee. You could set yourself up to meet your networking goal before you even walk through the door. If you're a more experienced attendee, look out for solo attendees who look a little lost and uncertain. If you're the one who swoops in to help them through the social awkwardness, then you're already off to a good start. Ask them about their work, and if it's less applicable to you, introduce them to someone you know will be interested, or interesting to them. Either way, you'll make them feel more at ease, and doing this good deed will give you a mood boost too. If you're the solo attendee feeling lost and nervous yourself, and you weren't able to find a fellow attendee to plan a meet-up with in advance, don't worry. You will meet people there, and in the next chapter, we'll talk about how you can help draw interesting people to you. 5.2. Making an impact without speaking. Confidence is your secret weapon, drawing people to you, and you don't have to say a thing to project it. Even if you're not exactly feeling it at the moment, this is a fake it until you make it situation. Stand up straight, smile, and give anyone you meet a good handshake not too weak, and not too strong, while making eye contact. Mirroring body language can also do wonders in making someone feel comfortable around you, as long as you don't overdo it. Researcher Amy Cuddy, a former associate professor at Harvard Business School, has shown that the way you position your body can influence others around you, and even your own stress levels. For example, when you stand in a power pose, emulating powerful people you admire, standing up straight, spreading out, and taking up space, Breathing deeply, you instantly feel more confidence. Hold that pose for two minutes to really feel the effects. You can even practice at home or in the hotel bathroom if you need to psych yourself up before you even go to the event. Check the show notes for a link to Amy Cuddy's TED talk on how non-verbal body language can help you with confidence for even more tips, and you'll be on your way to drawing the right kind of attention in professional spaces and beyond. But then you might ask, what if someone does come to talk to you? What then? In the next chapter, we'll go over a few easy ways to get the conversation started. 5.3. How to strike up a conversation. Networking can be a powerful tool to build your career, but it can also be uncomfortable, especially when meeting new people or when you don't know anyone at all at an event. Just know, almost everyone feels this way, and it gets easier the more you do it. Keep in mind that most people are happy to be approached by someone new at a networking event, relieved even. You might be rescuing them from feeling awkward themselves. If you see someone who looks interesting, just go up and say hi. Ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? They walk away, their loss, but they will probably be glad to chat with you. Be kind to yourself. In practical terms, starting a conversation is as easy as saying, hi, how are you? Or, hey, we were in the same session this morning. If they respond, you can follow it up with a question about something you have in common, something related to the event, maybe. For example, what sessions have you found most valuable so far? Or did you check out the exhibition already? If the event is being catered, people love to talk about food. A simple, those sandwiches look delicious, right? Should do the trick. Or you can ask more general questions, compliment something they're wearing, or make a comment about the weather. Any simple icebreaker will do. But keep in mind that open-ended questions usually work best, as they give the other person a chance to think about your question. Yes or no questions can end a conversation before it begins. Just don't stress about your opener. Small talk is the most comfortable way for most people to begin a conversation. Deep conversations can follow later. Once you find your conversation partner, Remember that networking is a two-way street. It's not just about what you can get, but also what you can give. What specific knowledge, insight and experiences can you share? When you find you're both benefiting from each other, that's the basis of a beautiful partnership. So how do you get the professional side of the conversation started? How do you sell yourself to someone new? In the next chapter, you'll find some tips on how to make the introducing yourself part easier. 5.4. Crafting an Airtight Introduction Imagine you're at a networking event or at a break during a meeting or lecture. You're surrounded by other professionals and you want to introduce yourself. Not just break the ice, but really introduce yourself and do some real networking. Here's one way to do it. Simply start with your name and a brief mention of your role or your target industry. For instance. Hi, I'm Evelyn, and I organize business events all over the world. Or, Hi, I'm Chris, and I'm looking for a new role in a sales team. Now, here's the key to making a good impression. Add a unique twist. Something that reveals a passion of yours and might make the other person curious. For me, that is health and well-being. So, after I introduce myself, my next line could be, I really enjoy helping events improve the experience of attendees by integrating health and well-being concepts. Remember, in a lively networking setting, keep it very short. Save the details about you and your job for later in the conversation. Just state your two-line intro and give the other person a chance to respond. And remember to show interest in their response as well. You can and should think about your 20-second intro in advance. In fact, pause right after you finish this chapter and practice yours in your head. And don't worry if you forget the introduction you prepared. You can always just state your name and say, nice to meet you. The other person will probably ask you a question then, giving you a prompt that will help you continue the conversation. Or if you can't think of anything to say, ask the other person a question about their own work. Worst case scenario, if the conversation isn't clicking, that happens. We can't connect with everybody. That gives you a chance to try again with someone new, someone you might have a better connection with. Just be yourself and you'll find the right people for you and your business. Authenticity is the key to meaningful connections. Don't try to be who you think others want you to be. If the conversation isn't flowing, it's okay to excuse yourself to use the bathroom or grab a drink and move on to speaking to someone else. But what if the conversation is flowing? How can you keep it going and make a genuine connection with your conversation partner? Sometimes the secret is saying less. Move on to the next chapter when you're ready to find out what I mean. 5.5. Talking less to improve your conversations. If you're wondering if there's a magic ingredient that will make you a better networker, the answer is yes. The secret is active listening. Don't just quietly listen, show that you're listening. This will not only make your conversation partner like you more, but you will actually get more out of the conversation yourself. If you find yourself at a networking event talking to someone you find interesting, go ahead and hang on every word. Take in all the wisdom and insight you can. Ask open-ended questions that require more than just yes or no answers. The same goes if you meet someone during one of the breaks. Try to keep your focus fixed on the other person ignoring distractions while they're speaking to you. This will also keep you from seeming rude. But nod, make eye contact, and add the occasional short word of encouragement, like hmm, yes, or true, to show you're really listening. When there is a pause, it's nice to lean into something they have just said. Reflect on it, repeat a part of it. Maybe ask a clarifying question to keep the conversation going. Avoid interrupting. Of course, you want to share your own thoughts or similar stories, but allow the other person to finish speaking before responding. You frustrate them if you don't. But by digging into their story more, you might learn something and perhaps even gain a new work ally. A good rule of thumb is to try to spend about 75% of the conversation listening and 25% speaking. It makes people feel heard. When you practice active listening like this, you'll be amazed by the reaction. And if this leads to a quiet moment in the conversation, that's okay, too. Silence is totally fine and does not need to be uncomfortable. Sometimes silence can even demonstrate the power of a good conversation. Try it out. Wait one to three seconds before responding. This shows that you are taking in and processing their words. It shows respect for what they've said. Just make sure you're not looking around the room or at your phone during this break. Stay focused on the conversation. But don't fear pauses. They give you time to absorb information so you'll remember it later and make your conversation partner feel heard too. I've got one more shortcut to making friends at networking events. Are you familiar with the Franklin Effect? We'll talk about it in the next chapter. 5.6. The secret of fast bonding, the Franklin Effect. The Franklin Effect describes an interesting phenomenon studied by psychologists. When someone does something nice for you, like helping you with a small task, they often start to like you more. So asking strangers for quick, simple favors can help you unlock new bonds. For example, you could ask them, can you hold this for a moment? Or could you pass me that pen, please? When they do this small favor for you, they get a mini boost from it, as helping people tends to do. It's good for your self-esteem. And then they associate that mood boost with you, And this also gives you an excellent opening to start a conversation, meet your networking goal for the day. But what if you want to end the conversation? There is an art to avoiding awkwardness there. But it's simpler to do than you might think. The next chapter lays out how to do it without offending anyone. 5.7 How to end conversations Sometimes it happens to all of us. You'll find yourself in a conversation that you wish would end. It feels like you're wasting your time, or there's something else you want to do. Or someone else you want to speak to. Or maybe you just need to go to the bathroom. We all have those conversations where you ask yourself, how am I going to get out of this? The key to avoiding the awkwardness is not to overanalyze what you'll say and definitely don't overexplain. Just wait until they've completed the thought, jumping in if need be. If you see them taking a breath for another round. And then keep it simple. Just saying something like, it's been great chatting with you. Thank you for your time. I've got to go take care of something, but I hope you enjoy the rest of the event. Keep the tone positive. Make sure you mention your gratitude for the interaction. If you like, you can introduce the person to someone else you know nearby or ask to connect on LinkedIn. But don't feel obligated if you're not interested in continuing the connection. And then you are free. Maybe you need a moment of me time before diving back in. Continue on to the final chapter of this module for more on what I mean by that. 5.8. The magic of me time. I hope that overall, you can embrace the fun parts of networking. Not to mention the new opportunities and knowledge it can bring your way. But for all the good it does, networking also wears you down. It's hard to be on all the time. Even if you enjoy socializing, it can be overwhelming. To put your best face forward in these networking situations, you need to balance socializing and time for yourself. In other words, make sure you're getting enough me time. Learn to recognize when you need some time for yourself and when you're ready to socialize. You are at your best when your energy is flowing, so it's totally fine to politely decline some social events when you need personal time. You won't be doing anybody any favors if you attend an event feeling cranky and overstimulated. If you have younger kids at home, you might even take advantage of getting a good night of sleep while they're not around. I do. Or even if you don't, take an evening to just enjoy that nice hotel bed. You'll notice a positive effect on your mood and energy the next day. And letting other people fill you in on what they got up to the evening before is a great conversation starter. Please note though, that time spent working in your hotel room does not count as me time. Yes, you probably also need to pay some attention to what's going on back at the office while you're at your conference, but don't let it take away from your experience there, or your downtime. The next module is all about balancing your office demands with your conference reality.